The Art of Talking with Children. Are they trying to teach me how to talk to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you try to feel like you think. <laughs> Rebecca Rowland joins us this show. <laughs> All right, so I've got a little confession to make before we even get started. We're with Rebecca Rowland. You see, I finished, I actually did finish top 10% of my class in high school, but I don't still don't think I had quite the grades to get into Harvard. Does that mean that we can't even talk? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I wish. No, no, I, I would say uh, actually my grades are not the, the most amazing in high school. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> but no, I went to public school and, you know, it's definitely I wouldn't say I was a superstar academic. So feel you should relax. <laughs> okay, yeah, I relax. A little honey. Better now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's harder for me, too, because, see, I went to school in Texas, but we live in Oklahoma so I still have this allegiance to my alma mater. Alma mater. And I end up having to, you know, sit at the house watching football games with the blinds closed so, so none of the OU neighbors will Oh, that's so. very true. We have so many. Yeah, it's hard. So, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, you're a Harvard faculty member. How long have you been a part of them? Yeah, so um, I've been there for about six years or so. Um, and I teach grad students there who are studying to be teachers and actually, I'm actually from the South, so I'm from Georgia originally. Okay. Um, so I spent, I grew up, went to public school in Georgia. Um, and yeah, and I've been really interested, once I became a mom especially, um, I started really becoming interested in how we can talk to kids to mm -hmm. sort of build their skills and in our interactions. But I started out um, really as an English major and just mm -hmm. being really interested in reading and writing for a long time. So are your folks pretty proud of you that you work at Harvard? Did you go to school there too or just... Yeah, actually, yeah, I went to, I got my, my doctorate there too. Yeah. So I've been there for like a, a long time. It feels like now. And we're, gra um, we're grandparents. So we, you know, we like to throw that pride. Thing. Yeah, that's true. We do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's been kind of surprising to me the whole journey because growing up, I didn't really think that was something I was planning <clears> to do. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It's a great place. So uh, you meet so many interesting people, which I'm is sure. just been great. Well, and it, as for us, we have uh, four daughters, you know, we have seven total and four daughters. And, and it's inspiring to meet someone like yourself that's gone to Harvard and mm -hmm. works there and, you know, is a published author and and so many things that you were working for. I mean, you're an inspiration for uh, other young women everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's nice to hear. Yeah, sometimes you get lost in it because I feel like, every, you know, people you're around are all sort of a little similar fishbowl. So that's mm -hmm. great to hear. Great. Yeah, I only know one of the kids that was on my kid's baseball team that I helped coach. And I, I take a little bit of uh, responsibility in helping him get to Harvard. And I know. Oh, you know, really? So, yeah. My <laughs> playing uh, baseball. He was on my baseball team. Oh, okay. Like four or five years. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, sometimes it's so funny because in the bookstore there, there's these like little onesies that, you know, say like Harvard class of like 20, 30, right. or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> People funny. are trying to plan. <laughs> so, in your studies, did any of it have to deal with uh, you, your book is about communicating? <clears throat> on, a, on a child's level to help them learn and grow and yeah so actually I studied I got a master's degree in what's called speech language pathology which okay. is I studied 
speech therapist, right, um, right, which right. I still do. So yeah, so that was just so much about communication and mm-hmm. lots of language skills and sort of breaking down like what language is all about, um, mm-hmm. which was fun. It was interesting to me, but then I think what came to be really surprising is once I had my own kids, I realized like, oh, some of these strategies, it's not so easy, you know, mm-hmm. when you're actually a parent in the trenches doing you didn't, it. Right, so, right. You didn't try any of that on your husband? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> she I mean, does. Yeah, yeah, see, while, yeah, yeah, yeah you're like, I do. I actually work in the field of, uh, well, I used to be a, an RBT. I used to work in the uh, in the field of applied behavior analysis. So oh. I transitioned from that into admi- administration. So yes, I actually will use, um, I use ABA on my husband on occasion. Oh, I can see yes. that. Yeah. Yes. And I, you know, I got to reinforce that good behavior. I'd be sitting in the, I'd be sitting in the corner of a room and I'm thinking, why am I sitting here looking at the wall? And it, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> so funny. That's great. Yeah. I do think some of the strategies, it's funny because I've been doing interviews and podcasts and I'd say like at least half the people I've talked to have said like this is really applicable to adults or you know why do you and I was like yeah that's actually true it's like Mm -hmm. it says the art of talking with children but Mm -hmm. I actually think that yeah a lot of it can be applied to adults too sure Absolutely. So where do we start? How do we start when we're, when we're thinking about what is best? It's a good question. And I try to kind of break it down for the reader. I talk about a three-part strategy, which I call the ABCs. I'm trying to like actually say, well, what do we, what are we talking about? Um, and the A is just like adaptive. So it means like you're actually going with the flow of whatever the conversation is. Mm-hmm. So like if somebody's in a really quiet mood, like you kind of respond by being quieter, by not probing or pushing as much mm-hmm. um and the b is a back and forth because i often think like we kind of lecture at kids we have points that we want to make but we don't always think about what kids are saying you know what they're actually saying back how they're understanding things mm-hmm. um and in my own life i felt like sometimes my kids understood things totally differently than how i thought they did mm-hmm. you know like sometimes my son would say like oh i thought like dinosaurs lived yesterday like it, you know or like just, I just haven't seen them you know or something I'm like no no it's like a really long time ago not just like <laughs> right. yesterday so kind of like the back and forth lets you really see like well what is this kid actually thinking not mm-hmm. just kind of coming in with a lecture mm-hmm. um and then C is child driven so actually just kind of starting with whatever's on a child's mind and it might be positive like they're you know really excited to tell you about their baseball game or something mm-hmm. uh, but it might be something where like you, th- you sense they're kind of worried about something and they haven't really told you or you know kind of like trying to get a sense of starting with what's really important for them mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of I did a lot of research and kind of tried to figure out what was most important in um, conversations with kids and that's kind of what I came up with as sort of the three main mm-hmm. components. So uh, my Gargarin kids, to them, everything is a dinosaur egg. You know, ah, yeah. I have a dinosaur, yeah. Or rocks a dinosaur egg. Mm-hmm. You know, right. It's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I totally egg. am at that phase, too. I have yeah. either dinosaurs or robots. It's like one or the other. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our grandson, he even, when his mom was expecting our uh, granddaughter, we were at the um, the shower for the baby mm-hmm. and uh, and every present he goes, oh, I hope it's a dinosaur. You know, every, every single one. It's probably never a dinosaur. <laughs> That's so funny. So when do you start to work with the kids? And, and for us, I guess it's kind of 
that's part of the reason why we even started the show because I don't know how old you are, but our daughter-in-laws were put some different restrictions on us that we didn't have on our parents or in our grandparents. And we were trying to tie all these generations together, yeah. you know, for us, it was like, Oh, you got to have these shots and you have to have CPR training. And you You know, you think about when I was, you know, a child, I know like, like my grandparents, my grandpa on my dad's side, I don't think I ever had a conversation with him. So uh-huh. if anything, it was like, uh, you know, turn off that TV or. Right, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when do we start and how important is it to, you know, for us that from different generations to look at this and say, hey, you know what? We have to do something a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point not to say like, oh, this was bad and this is mm-hmm. good or something like that. Like, I don't think there is, I do think there's like so much that depends on where you come from, you know, mm-hmm. how, what the generation is and so much like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like even starting with infants, like there's so much value in actually just, you know, it might seem silly, but actually just like sitting with a baby and looking at, well, what is the baby looking at? Mm-hmm. You know, what is actually catching the baby's attention and then talking about that. Right. Um, and that actually really does build up their vocabulary and their mm-hmm. understanding about the world. Cause then they're saying, Oh, this person is interested too in that, whatever that sparkly thing is. And they're going right. to tell me what it is and you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like it can start with really simple things. It doesn't have to be like you go from saying nothing to like having these long conversations, but right. just these small, simple strategies that can kind of help kids feel like they're really being listened to and heard. That's great information. I tell you what, Rebecca, if you don't mind, hang on just a second, and then we're going to be right back. Okay, so maybe this is going to make me sound a little dorkier than you. I would say that's pretty likely. You know, if you guys could see her facial expressions, a lot of times she does a lot of face. You see her, when you hear a pause, there are facial expressions occurring. (laughs) But in this particular case, I'm talking about Domino Creations. It's really a lot of fun. I love to do it with the kids, Mm -hmm. stack them all up and put them in and let them push them over, you know, Mm -hmm. and and watch them. And we do it like in all kinds of different forms. Like this one on Amazon has a different forms here that you can put together like steps and a a little bridge and spirals yeah so it's a different neon colors so the kids love that and they're a little bit easier because i've tried to stack like regular dominoes yeah regular dominoes have some roundness to it so it's a little more difficult and like every little sensitive move knocks them over Mm -hmm. but when you've got these frustrated no i do not Um, okay i do not get frustrated anyway we're gonna put a little link to it and check it out and i know you're gonna have a lot of fun with your grandkids with this all right, so we're, we're sitting back. here with Rebecca <laughs> Rowland uh, with the uh, art of talking with your children. Is that it, children? The art of the art talking with, with children. children. Yes. Yes. Any, yes. any children. Yes, any yeah. children. You know, what, what, are, what are kind of the feedback you're getting from the book so far? Yeah, so it's been really interesting, actually. Then what I think has been so cool is that people have started trying it out and then are coming back with feedback in terms of like <laughs> how the strategies have gone. Um, and what I think... What's most interesting to me is that I had a few people tell me that they actually took just more time to sit and listen while their kids were trying to explain something to them. Mm -hmm. 
And rather than saying like, oh, well, I know what it is. They just let the kid like actually try to, you know, make sense of it themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one mom actually told me like, oh, I can actually start seeing the wheels turning of mm-hmm. my child as they're, you know, they're trying to think something. I think it was about erosion. And they said like, uh-huh. oh, the, you know, my child didn't know really what it was, but mm-hmm. they kind of had this idea. And so they started thinking like, well, what, what do I think it is? And, mm-hmm. you know, they actually knew more than they seem to at first. And Mm so it was just really cool because it seems like using some of these simple strategies, you can actually kind of stretch kids beyond what they're typically doing in their everyday life. And it makes things more interesting too. So it's not just saying like, oh, this is, you know, building vocabulary, but it actually makes it a more interesting time together. Go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say when you were in, when you're teaching your students in class, did you run ideas by them? Did you engage with them about your book? Did you talk to them about it? Yeah. I mean, so I didn't talk to them about it, the book directly, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the strategies. Yeah. So I kind of, started seeing like what did they do with mm-hmm. students because a lot of them have been teachers before so yeah I got a lot of feedback from them and also from other parents so mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time talking with parents I know and um, right. parents who've had multiple age kids because mm-hmm. obviously my kids are 10 and 5 so they're you know they're not teenagers right so I really wanted to make things that would work for older kids also mm-hmm. so I, yeah I spent a lot of time kind of doing Research and just gathering ideas. Right. I know like so many parents have great ideas already. Yeah. I know that uh, one of our sons, one of the things that he had a difficult time figuring out is he was with the baby. His wife would tell him a lot that, and I guess, I don't know, I didn't think about it. I just kind of did it was uh, that you have to talk about everything you're doing. So oh, the baby yeah. starts to figure out what's going on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And that is one, I mean, I wouldn't say like all, all the time for sure, but um, yeah, I think that is one thing we're learning is so important is that actually describing even things that might seem silly. Like I'm going to go wash the dishes. Right. Oh, let me, you know, pour the, turn the water on and look mm-hmm. at the sink and, you know, that kind of thing. They actually, they're, they're taking everything in. Mm-hmm. So if they're hearing that, even if you're not, you know, they're not able to talk back to you, right. they're actually learning about you and about the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I think especially if there's something like they're seeing how you're dealing with frustrating moments. Mm-hmm. So like if something annoying happens, they're noticing if you're sort of like, ah, and, yeah. or if you're right. saying like, let me see how I can deal with this. So, you know, you're kind of thinking through like how to problem solve. Problem solve. So yeah, yeah, I think it is important for sure. Sure. Like one of our granddaughters, she, uh, the last <laughs> time we had her and we love this because we get to, uh, you have overnight stays with her. And, uh, one, one, uh, the last time we had her, she started saying, like if I tickled her, you know, she goes, she'd love it. She'd play and she loved it. And then she goes, all right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> not quite three yet. Wow. That's enough. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. She's realizing, like, yeah, that's, I can tell you, like, when I, it was fun and now it's not fun. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know it's really important to uh, her parents that they, they, they try to teach a lot of boundaries. So that, that she empower her in a way, you know, through her language. And mm-hmm. so she doesn't have to act out physically or, Right, right. Yeah, and so she so she doesn't have to be afraid of anybody, and and it's things that they've they've worked on and telling mm-hmm. her and teaching her, you know, and and um, sometimes you know I I think it a little differently because there's times when okay she like 
like the, the last time she was over, we were outside and she was getting close to, we had these levels in our yard that everything's all leveled and a bunch of steps and stuff. And the first step is really big and deep and, you know, and she's, she's trying to explain to her, Oh, you don't want to go over there. Cause da, 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 da. and I, you know, I'm just going to, no, no. You know, and, uh, which I guess. Uh, yeah, danger. danger. <laughs> Right, right, for sure. Yeah, I, I do think there's like, a, you know, differences and everybody, I think part of what this is all about also is just recognizing that everybody has a different way of talking with mm-hmm. kids. And it's really, I try to get away from saying like, well, there's this one right, right, right. way, you know, that these ways are not right, you know, because I think there's so much judgment already mm-hmm. about parents and grandparents and everything in our culture that mm-hmm. it's important to realize like we can do things differently and you know, they can both be ways of helping kids mm-hmm. learn and grow. So for sure. Right. What is, uh, what is kind of the next step? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think like a lot of it does have to do with just asking questions of kids. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot about kind of how to ask sort of more open-ended questions. Uh, a lot of times we, we ask questions like, well, how was your day or what happened to, you know, in school? And, and those are fine questions, but I think if we can sit with kids and ask them more open questions, like what would happen if we tried this? Or mm-hmm. what, what about if we, you know, took a different route or if we <clears throat> tried to make the toy go backwards or, you know, that right. kind of thing. So figuring out like how you can ask questions that expand and help kids actually think through things mm-hmm. um, rather than just like, here's the one right answer. I think that can be really helpful. Yeah, too. We yeah. have a 16 year old granddaughter mm-hmm. and she's, oh, yeah. she's very much of the, uh, so how was your day? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so what, what happened at school today? Uh. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. Yeah, and it's, uh. it's funny because my, my daughter's like that too. Like, she'll get home and there's like nothing. Nothing, nothing there. Nothing. <laughs> but then, like, it's like nine o'clock and she's like, So, mom, I wanted to tell you about this oh. thing that happened. Yeah. You know, right. so, sometimes I feel like it's like you're the moment when they're just kind of overwhelmed is often the moment when we really want to talk to them, but they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm so exhausted or so done with the right. day. I was so, so I think it's timing too. Yeah. yeah. I was so, um, moved by the last time that her and I hung out, we went to lunch and, you know, and I asked her, you know, what are you hungry for? I don't know. I'm not really even hungry. She loves sushi. So we went to a sushi place and I don't like sushi, but you know, I know she does. So we're talking about the menu and, and I'm trying to, you know, engage her that way. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, slowly she, so she, I said, order something, you can take it home. She ends up eating it all, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, I'm like, well, what do you want to do now? Want to go to a movie? I hate movies, you know, and then so we end up going to this pizza place that has all these games and go karts mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, after we were there for a while, she says to me, which she tells us every time we've asked her for the last fifteen years, <laughs> "Who are your friends? When you, what are your friends doing? What are they? What are their names?" And and she goes, "I don't have any friends." <laughs> and so. She said, do you, she said, while we were there, do you want to meet my friends? I was, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. okay. <laughs> and they were like three of them, really sweet guy, kids. And uh, we hung out for a little bit. And then I said, Hey, I have to take your picture because she's told me for years. She, she has no have friends. friends. And this exactly. Is- <laughs> now here you are. <laughs> I was going to say, That's so cool. I was going to just, and uh, sorry, it was not on the subject of grandchildren. But I was just going to say, um, in uh, the office that I work in, we actually have speech pathologists that come in and, and, and visit with our kids and do some speech therapy. And there are some very strong similarities between ABA and speech therapy and observing the speech pathologists and their therapy sessions. And then when they have therapy sessions with um, our technicians and our uh, 
they're called board certified behavior analysts. So there are some interesting, the things that you're saying and the strategies that you talk about are some of the very, very similar in how uh, it's, it's approached in ABA. So it's, it's kind of interesting for me to hear, hear that from you. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, definitely. Actually, and I have several speech pathologist friends who do a lot of ABA. Oh, really? So yeah, I think, yeah, I feel like there must be. There's, There's a, lot a connection. Of yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a question that I, I was going to ha- ask, too, is that uh, how does this apply to kids who have, um, you know, learning disabilities? And how, and does it help parents to be able to recognize if their child is mm-hmm. in, yeah, going down that path? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. And I mean, my background, that is my background, is I've worked with a lot of kids who have learning disabilities. Maybe they're dyslexic or mm-hmm. even kids mm-hmm. on the autism spectrum and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I do think especially this, the questions, like the strategies of, I talk about like expanding on what a child's saying. Mm-hmm. So like if a child says like green truck, you know, you can right. talk about like, Oh yeah, that is a green truck or what what maybe it could do, you know, so you kind of like start building on what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of thing, and I go into lots of examples in the book, but um, that kind of thing I think can be really helpful, especially for kids who have Mm -hmm. any kind of learning disability or um, have trouble speaking or Mm -hmm. understanding, you Mm -hmm. know, what they're hearing. So for sure, I think that's especially important. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the book and the piece that you feel is most vital? Uh, I would say uh, the one about empathy and like mm-hmm. how kids understand and take others perspectives. Cause I think it's so hard, especially today. I think that so many people are, you know, really divisive and like they're on this side or they're right. that side and hard to take other people's perspectives. So mm-hmm. I think like that is such a critical skill to teach kids. And that's what something I felt like, Oh, I really want this to be in the book. Um, oh, yeah. Cause you know, it's so important today. Very, yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah. It's where I, I kind of differ in <clears throat> that I know with my kids, our kids, is that um, I'm like, huh? You don't, have, you don't have empathy? No, it's, <laughs> it's more about, it's more about, I don't think, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, they just need to have fun and enjoy being a kid and not even have to think about a lot of the things that are coming up now in the political environment and the school systems that they have kids have to think about or or need to think about or people think that they have to think about. And I'm thinking, why don't they just have enjoy life? They can. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the problem, though, I think I, I agree with you on the one hand. And then I also think there's so many kids I've seen who because their parents have told them X or Y or whatever, like they're so closed off to other kids who don't think like them. And it mm-hmm. creates like these bullying situations and argument situations where it's just really hard to get kids to be friends again. So I think even figuring out like, how can we be friends even if we don't think the same thing about these things is really important. I agree. And I guess that that's because, because I came from a life where I didn't have any of that. I didn't really, I really never thought of that anybody could even ever hurt me. Mm-hmm. Not because I was all powerful or anything. Right, it's, right. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, I mean, that's we, yeah. we were all friends and we mm-hmm. were all, you mm-hmm. know, all enjoying life. And I, I can remember feeling that till I shoot, I can't even tell you. I don't even know exactly when <laughs> I didn't. I probably mm-hmm. almost until I went to college. But uh, and that that was the environment I tried to create for our children. Unfortunately, um, my first wife and I didn't work out, so there caused a lot of problems that. Uh, you know, weren't, weren't normal for me, but this kind of gets away from your book. But anyway, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, drifting no, a little. But there I mean, are I think things. that's lucky. I feel like that's very lucky that like to be in an environment where, you know, you feel 
you know, like you belong and like people mm-hmm. are your friends. I feel like that would be great if that's, that was everybody. That's true. Well, it's yeah. like the first time <laughs> I took Deanne home, uh, we, uh, it was my dad's 70th birthday, I think. And, uh, we had, mm-hmm. and we had all my, uh, my family there, which is in the Houston area. And I had my dad on my dad's side, he had, there were eight of them. And so they all had on average three and a half kids per oh, wow. child. So we would, mm-hmm. ha- I had like 20 something first cousins, you know, and we'd, wow, that's we'd, amazing. we'd break up and play softball or kickball. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, and it was, that was the way it was like almost every Sunday was we had uh-huh. that kind of environment going yeah, well, on. I had six cousins. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like if that's, the, yeah, if that's where you grow up in, in this like big, you know, connected family, I feel like that's a really different, you know, mm-hmm. way of growing up. That's so, so lucky yeah. that not everyone gets to have. True. So is it addressed in the book any at all about families that are split up and how they have to address and, and teach the child? Um, so I wouldn't say it's addressed that directly, but it is um, really addressed about connection. So mm-hmm. when kids don't feel connected to either, they don't spend a lot of time with one parent or the other parent and sort right. of like how you can build when they're not there's not like as much time as mm-hmm. either the kid or the parent would want um because right. i have seen that where sort of a, a child is going between two homes and feels like oh i'm not getting enough mm-hmm. time with the parent or that parent or it switches um, right. that kind of so a lot of transitions like that oh yeah you know? yeah and, not, and, and i'm sure it would help if you know if, if parents were on the same page as far as teaching communication and being able to communicate with their kids and um, exactly yeah. yeah so it's kind of trying to teach an overall framework that right. can kind of help with communication in the family and mm-hmm. whether that means like your whole family who's together or it means like two parents who have separated or right. anything like that I think having the similar framework so you right. can actually yeah um, hopefully communicate more effectively yeah. yeah so who should read your book a parent that's about to be a parent or a parent that has children that are already like three four five everyone <laughs> yeah I mean that's I would say like I don't mean to be you know silly but I, I actually agree I think I think it can be really helpful if you're thinking about having kids or like you want to think about like well how would mm-hmm. communication work or if you already have kids mm-hmm. I mean I use a lot of stories of my own parenting mm-hmm. as like a mom especially like younger kids so especially if you have those like two three four five year olds you'll see a lot of examples of that but even if you haven't had kids yet or you're thinking about having right. kids I think it could be really useful also oh, yeah now, it does come, there is a time, well, I think, when uh, with every child that they may <clears throat> be in danger or do something that uh, that you need to talk to them maybe a little firmer than what we're talking about. You know, how do you handle that? Yeah, so I talk about that a lot in the book and just kind of talking about the fact that there's a difference. I'm not saying by being like having these meaningful conversations that you should be like a permissive parent mm-hmm. and do like, let your child do whatever they want. Like right. I, I definitely think there's a time for a conversation and for like exploring and expanding, whatever. And there's a time for just saying like, here, stop and <laughs> don't get hit by a car, you know? And so I think like, yeah, you really, it doesn't mean by being child driven or child centered, it doesn't mean kind of you know, ignoring the facts of the world or just, you know, being less firm or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, I think you can just realize, well, when's the time for conversation and when's the time when like, I need to keep you safe. So Mm -hmm. this isn't really negotiable or this isn't really, you know, a question where we can talk back and forth on this Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's, there's a very clear reason why you have to do this. But I think even in that case, just like, especially making a child or helping a child understand 
why you're you're talking that way or why what the danger is i think mm-hmm. can be really helpful because sometimes kids don't really see it so right. just realizing like well what were you thinking like sometimes mm-hmm. a child will be like i didn't realize there was a car coming or i didn't really you know so it's like well yeah you need to look both ways so actually just even in that case understanding like what is the child's perspective can help you figure out what's mm-hmm. the best next step but not to say you know, let your child do whatever. <laughs> right, that's, exactly. That's not the message of the book. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's changed. I don't know. Were, were, were you ever spanked as a child? Was I spanked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. I was never spanked as a child. Oh, uh, we were an angel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was pretty much. But I. <laughs> well, my dad or mom would never explain to me, hey, this is why I'm spanked. Well, I mean, <laughs> they may have a couple of times. This is why you're in trouble. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think I spiked my oldest because his mom made me, and then oh. uh, and then one of the other ones because he he went Hulk Hulk on his little brother and pushed him, <laughs> and 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 I and that wasn't even really a spanking if you want to call it that, but uh, <laughs> you know. So uh, discipline has changed in the way you talk to your kids. And this will you address any of that in the book? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I definitely I just have to put out there that I'm definitely not a fan of spanking. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think parents do differ on that. And that's just kind of where I fall because I think there are ways of doing things with words, you know, and just hopefully teaching your child that the, you know, using words is, you know, perhaps a preferable strategy as Mm -hmm. they get older rather than, you know, using modeling that. So I kind of think they're watching how we're, you know, instructing them or teaching them. Mm-hmm. And I, I do try to think about discipline as teaching, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, thinking absolutely. about, well, what does this child need to learn? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and saying like, well, it's not really going to be that effective in the long run. If you just say here, you've been bad, mm-hmm. stop it. If the right. child doesn't learn anything, they're probably just going to seek and do whatever it is right they're again. doing mm-hmm. behind right. your back. <laughs> you know, right. So actually like if you can teach them the strategy or what would be better to do, mm-hmm. they might actually learn, you know, right. how to do it on their own later on. So that's kind of, Really? the perspective I come from and I know that things have changed in relation generationally and yeah, um, yeah. but yeah but <laughs> I'll just leave it out there yeah I, got, I was spanked in school once coach Maria. coach Green oh, spanked wow. me because uh, I'm sorry just because I was still passing the ball too long yeah and I know uh, that that yeah, yeah, that, that happened yeah. sure. and that, that was a whole different time too so uh, you know like my oldest son we tried different disciplines because he was five years older than the next <clears> one <throat> and ten years older than the last one and uh we you know we did time out didn't work for him we we would finally we decided that okay every time that you act up or you don't do your homework we're going to take something out of your room Mm -hmm. and we took stuff to explain them to him why you're taking it out of his room yes okay that if you get it back (laughs) if you know if this turns around and then uh and then we finally reached a point where he had nothing in his room and he was just running around annoying us all over the house. Yeah. So we gave him yeah. everything back. And then yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like he's thinking backfire. <laughs> yes, <know>? absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I try to think about like in, in terms of discipline, just like what is a natural consequence? Like say like you're, you know, like what actually is related to the thing? Like mm-hmm. say you spent way too long at your friend's house. Well, maybe next time you can't go to that friend's house. You right. have to wait, till, you know, that kind of thing. So rather than, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> something that's sort of related. So I think that that can help teach too. Right. But yeah, for sure, those things can backfire. Yeah. <laughs> so where do we, I think everything is different. Yeah. Where do we find the book? We don't have to like take your class. You're not one of those professors yeah, that yeah. makes us no, spend no. $300 <laughs> for your book. <laughs> 
no, no, no. You can find it. No, you can find it anywhere. Books are sold. You can also you go on my website and there's a link to it. But you can also go on you know any uh, bookstore generally or Amazon that kind of thing. So yeah, it's uh, awesome. available. We'll, we'll make sure we put a link to it. And we really enjoyed visiting with you. I yeah, mean, thank you. I mean, you're, we know you. like how incredibly smart you are. You know, but you didn't make us feel belittled at all (laughs) i felt so i don't know know if you picked up on this but he's he's a comedian so yeah yeah i I know (laughs) well i really appreciate it it's very yeah i feel like i've laughed more than i I typically do on my (laughs) thursday nights Well, thanks so thank much, you. Rebecca. Yeah, thank Look you so much. for the art of talking with children. It's, uh, you know, it has a lot of insights and, you know, because uh, the world is changing. It's always going to change. My, <clears throat> two, two, well, two of our kids, all of our kids have worked with me at some point or another at our production <clears throat> company. And, uh, and just talking to them, everything, you know, we all have different ideas. And, for sure. And how we... Uh, communicate. Communicate, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's never too late to continue to learn. And we appreciate the fact that... Uh, any new books coming in the future? Um, well, I'm actually thinking about a book, a version of this book for kids. Oh, <laughs> nice. so, which I think will be kind of fun. Of, like how you can talk to anyone, you know, yeah. and making it kind of choose your own adventure, like a fun a fun book um, that might be brilliant. So yeah, something that's maybe in the works. We'll see. But thank you. This is wonderful. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it very much. All right. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.